Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 118 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, anything worth pursuing is going to involve others. And when we do, we form expectations, and some of them not so great. We're going to talk about how to have great expectations of others on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, yo, and welcome to episode 118 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. I don't know. I just had a hey, inside of me. I mean, it felt like it, it had to come out. I don't know why, but uh, but there it was. <laughs> it was good. It was very exciting. I liked it. Uh, so we are your hosts for this show, and this is the podcast for what's next in life. We want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you're made to pursue this is episode 118, Armin, where we, we find the episode notes. Very easy. Just go to reinventure.me backslash 118. Anytime you want to find one of our episodes, just do a backslash and then do the number of the episode and it takes you right there with the notes. Yeah, and we hope you take an opportunity to take a look at the show notes because we do try to capture some of the material from the show. Obviously, that's what an idea of a show note is. But also there's other resources there that you can click through. And and also we love to have your comments left there. So right. that is the way you can interact with us along with calling our show line and that sort of thing. But we love to get comments on the show if you enjoyed it let us know drop by we want to start off this episode with an inspiration as we usually do and we're gonna pull way back into the annals of time here. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest novelists of all time leo tolstoy said everyone thinks of changing the world but no one thinks of changing himself mm -hmm. and you pick this why Oh, this is one of my all-time favorite quotes. In fact, I think we probably used this quote three probably times now. <laughs> or so, but not as an inspire me, only in reference to, to various things. I think you'll see why in a little bit, why I chose this quote, because we do tend to have expectations of others. Right. And oftentimes, we don't evaluate whether the expectations we have of them are unreasonable. Right. <laughs> so this is the idea of we want to, we want to change the world That's right. and we want others to come along and do it the way we want them to sure. do it. And yet we don't actually look at how we might change ourselves. Right. Before that. Well, I it's funny that we've done 130 episodes and we haven't yet addressed expectations. We've talked about expectations being a part of all these other topics that we've covered, but we've mm -hmm. never actually just dove into expectations. So it's about time. And we just did the How to Regain Trust episode 114, which is somewhat related to this. Yes. So this is pretty timely. And this is something that's going to be important for anyone, whether it's uh, personal or corporate or otherwise. This is something that's very, very important because a lot of your disappointments probably come from the expectations that you have, realistic or not, right? Oh, yeah. And so we're going to break this down into two parts. We could do a third, but 
might be drawing this thing out a little bit too long, <laughs> so we decided to keep it to two parts. So the first part is going to be expectations we have of others, and then the second part we're going to do is expectations we have of ourselves. And our goal here is to create great expectations that starts with understanding the expectations we have with others and ourselves, and that's why we're doing that second one. So not to be talking about setting others' expectations in these episodes that we're doing, but right now let's just we're, we're just going to focus on this one thing that's that is all about expectations we have of others so i'm going to throw it to larry he'll kick it off i'll kind of follow along because he's a lot better at this than i am when it comes to expectations of others all right now you've been listening in and so you know precisely what armin has done he has set your expectations for this show <laughs> by teeing it up there and you know you're absolutely right i mean we're not going to talk about how to set expectations of others but you actually just demonstrated it so there's <laughs> there's a little freebie episode you know because you talked about what we're going to do in this show was part one and then uh, next week you'll get part two we're going to dive in as marvine said to the expectations that we have of others and then the harder work i think is really to analyze the expectations we have of ourselves so we're yeah. going to start easy and work to the harder one and i think the next week's episode is going to be amazing in that respect you know I, I, it occurred to me as i was preparing for the show how tightly related expectations and conflict are oh yeah you know when you get in a fight with somebody it's usually because you expected them to behave in a certain way or when you're angry or when you're agitated or when you're maybe it's not even out there in an yeah. observable way. Maybe sure. it's just an internal fuming that you have or an avoidance that you have right. with somebody. That's a form of conflict, whether it's passive or aggressive, you know, either way it's conflict. And that conflict is usually tied to some broken expectation. That's true. Because, you know, you were expecting a certain outcome and it didn't materialize. Right. And if you think about it, in the professional world, one of the things that you see often is a statement of work or an SOW, and that's mainly because when there isn't one, everyone is angry at each other because no one knew what to expect from anyone. Well, it's what keeps attorneys well employed, right? It's because they, they know, okay, well, I've got to figure out what every possible outcome could be, and let's talk about it ahead of time so right. that everybody knows the expectations. I'm, I'm reading a book right now, which is terrific for people who want to start up a scalable business. It's called The Startup Checklist. Hmm. I'm actually going to do a review on my blog, but one of the clear things that it says in there is you know having those kinds of discussions with the founder members and your attorneys and your bankers and all the rest to be really clear about what it is that you're trying to do. Well, what is he saying there? He's saying set great expectations, mm -hmm. right? So that you know, and so there, there aren't surprises and it's those surprises which create conflict because of course expectations aren't met. We're not saying anything that people don't know in spades they're, they're feeling it, right? But the question that we have and what we like to do in the show is dive in to what's underneath that. And we can talk about the fact that they didn't meet our expectations. And usually that's where it ends up. In fact, when you do a performance review, I mean, <laughs> what's the top thing, you know, achieved expectations below expectations. Right. It's all tied around this idea of what's expected. Right. And yet we don't often ask ourselves, what is the proper degree of expectation that I should have with another party? And how do we adjust that? Well, you know, I mean, it seems to me like the key to having healthy expectations of others is this concept we've talked about called grace. Sure, yeah. And uh, we've, we've covered this over a number of previous episodes. But, you know, I like to think of grace as the thing that fills the gap between the expectations we have of someone and their performance. Sure. And if you think about it, it's a perfect description because the grace of God is there between his expectations of us to be perfect right. and our inability to be perfect. And so, therefore, that's why we need grace. <laughs> 
And if we don't think about that in relationship to other people, we won't have healthy expectations with them. And the only way to really have a healthy expectation is that understanding that there's this gap and we have to decide if that's something that we're willing to pay, if that's something we're willing to pay forward is to understand that people are going to break down. Yeah. And if I remember reading a quote from Mike Mason, he said that expectations could be defined as premeditated resentment, you know, which is just another way of saying, don't expect anything from people. Right. Because when you do, when you set an expectation up, you're setting yourself up for resentment. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of a negative quote, but... <laughs> it is. I think we've seen a lot of quotes that way, though, right? Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, we were looking through expectation quotes, trying to find a good quote that could be inspirational. And there's just a laundry list of these quotes that are so bad. And <laughs> it's not like I'm a quote master here or anything like that, but... Basically, is quotes that say, expect nothing and you won't be disappointed. Have right. no expectations and you won't be hurt. Eliminate all expectations and you will leave no room for something positive. I have no idea, but if everything was around you having no expectations, that's the way you should live your life because that's the only way to avoid disappointment or hurt or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that speaks to a very strong cultural value of if you want to succeed in life have no expectations of others, and just do everything yourself. This independent kind of almost Marlboro Man image where you are totally self-reliant yeah. and reliance on anybody else's weakness because they're going to let you down yeah. and you might as well withdraw. And it's just a form of self-protection. Yeah. And frankly, I don't, totally think that that's, I don't think that's great expectation. Right. Great expectation to me, Armin, comes when we set expectations that are aligned with the degree of control or trust that we have. Right. When we have, I mean, expectation and control or trust are really, really high. When we can trust in something, then we should have high expectations of it. Sure. You know, we walk up a set of stairs mm -hmm. and we have expectation that we're not going to fall through because we've relied on them in the past. They've proven right. themselves to be trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you, you have, <laughs> you, well, okay. And you could take it into your marriage relationship, right? With yeah. Ashley and you've got a high degree of trust with her. Mm -hmm. So you can set certain expectations. You know, you can say, well, if I screw up, I know well enough, she's going to tell me right. because that's, we have that kind of relationship where she knows she can say something or she can say what's on her mind and she knows that I trust her. Right. And so when, trust is high or when your ability to control a situation is high, your expectations should be high. And when the converse is true, when there's low trust or low control, then of course it's appropriate to set a lower expectation. In both cases, those are great expectations. Right. It's not that you're saying you're always going to have high expectations for everyone, but you're setting the expectations commensurate to the degree of trust or control that you have with someone. And you mentioned earlier, we talked about trust in episode 114. Yeah. That's why it's so related here. When I was doing full-time ministry, vocationally working at a church, one of the most common issues that we saw in terms of marital counseling or marital pastoring, this might come across the wrong way, but I'm not attacking women here. The th one of the things that stuck out to me the most was the biggest disappointments that we dealt with when it came to the women was that it wasn't necessarily that the husbands did anything wrong. They just missed so many expectations that they had. But the weird part was half those guys didn't even know those expectations existed. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's the old, can you read my mind? Yeah. And if you can't read my mind, then you don't love me. <laughs> right. And so, I, again, I'm not attacking women. It's just no, something no. I remember for, uh, that I, I just, I, I smiled about because I just thought, 
how how can those expectations really be there especially when yeah the one that they're on doesn't even know that they're there you know like, yeah well, where did that well I, sh- I, sh- I think i shared in another episode where there was a guy that was in my class at church that i was teaching he had told me that he had been upset with me for some time i had no not idea of this sure. but his expectation was that i was going to stay in contact with him in a way that he expected that I didn't know about. So it's saying the same thing. It's saying, I want you to be able to read my mind. And if you don't read my mind, then you're either saying something about me, which I don't want to hear, which is that you don't like me or you, you know, you, you, you don't think I have value or there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. There's either something wrong with me or something wrong with you. In any case, you screwed up because you weren't able to figure out what I needed and you didn't respond to me. And that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. Right. How many of our own expectations of others are that way? And right. I, I counsel and advise clients with respect to how they grow their businesses. And right. I can't tell you the number of times I've had conversations with leaders and they're disappointed in their staff. And I just ask them, well, have you communicated what your form of disappointment is and what, and they look at me blankly like, well, they ought to know. I mean, they, they should not need for me to tell them this. This is something they ought to know. Right. And I'm like, well, then we're expecting them to read our mind. <laughs> Which is common. It is. So, okay. So just to keep this thing moving, I have to ask, how does my present circumstances affect my expectations? Because there's such a wide variety of current circumstances depending on where Well, yeah, and depending on where you're at in the day or what day, what's happened to you. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that is true about expectations. Not only do we not necessarily communicate what they are, but our own expectations change from day to day, depending on what's happening to us. So, so imagine this, I mean, when you're, when you're happy and you feel blessed, right? Mm. Things are going really, really well for you. Does this a thought ever occur to you? Like, I wonder how long this will last. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially the bad days. <laughs> well, yeah. But on the, on the good days, you know, we're almost expecting that the other shoe's going to drop. You know, we, right. everything seems to be going our way. And then we're like, somewhere we're cautious that maybe something inside won't last as long. Right. It can't last this long. <laughs> I can't stay this happy. You know? So there's this idea that even for ourselves, the expectation is that something bad's going to happen. And then when we have a bad day, let me ask you this, how often when you, when we talked about, you know, when, so you've had a bad day, we did it that episode, right? But uh, when you do have a back in my head again, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. It did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. So song. you had a bad day. <laughs> okay. Don't. So I gave it to everybody. <laughs> so listen, when you've had a bad day, though, are you more likely to feel conspired against? Like everything is starting to mount up against you. You start to see yeah. all the things that go wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, even in the beliefs research that I've been doing all this time, that's one of the things is whatever you believe about yourself that day is the expectation you end up setting for the rest of the day. And your your mind literally looks for that thing, whatever it is yes. that you're believing about. Because you become sensitized to it, right? Yeah. Yep. So something good could happen, but your mind will dismiss it because it doesn't prove what it's convinced of. Correct. Right? Which is bad or like yep. what you're talking about, people yep. conspiring against you or whatever it might be. Yep. <laughs> and now psychologists call this loss avoidance. Right. And then we put a premium on losing something. So when we feel blessed and things are going our way, we're fearful that we might lose that. What's it called again? Loss avoidance. Loss avoidance, okay. So this fear of loss avoidance. And they have shown through research that you put more value on something that you have than something that you don't have. So for instance, they try to sell something to someone. They'll pay 10 bucks for it. But as soon as they have it, they want 15. 
interesting, <laughs> you see, because I own it now, but I could have gotten 12, you know, but right. I won't sell it for 12. I'll sell it for 15, sure, yeah. right? Because you don't want to lose something you have. And so it really affects our psyche. If we're not aware of it, the way in which we feel that day can affect the expectations that we have of others. So just being aware of that is huge. That is huge. All right, Larry. So apart from our current circumstances, what are some things that are shaping our expectations? Yeah, so this is where it kind of gets down into the deep and dirty, right? And this is the part that we don't... <laughs> deep and dirty. Deep and dirty. We, <laughs> we're digging here now. Because we don't really take time to necessarily think through these things when we set expectations for others. But the first one is is assumed values. You know, we think about others and we assume they share the same values that we do, right? Yeah. And we either assume they do or we insist that they should. Right. Because if they're not aligned with our values, then something's wrong with them, right? You know where you see that the most. Yeah, well, say it. Church. Yeah. <laughs> How many times? Not even in churches, but also in Christian businesses, right? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, you, there's this expectation that, all right, we got these values and things are going to be somehow different. Mm -hmm. And when things don't line up to those expectations, they're huge. They go kittywampus, right? Right. I'm not picking on Christians. It's any religious establishment of yeah. any kind. Yeah. And that's because there's an assumption of shared values, which are not necessarily communicated. Again, you're expecting to read my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're like me. And so because I think you're like me and I think you have this shared assumption, right? This is called a false consensus effect or false consensus bias. It's the tendency to overestimate the extent to which we think our beliefs and opinions and preferences and values and are, are normal and typical of others so that we think that they think the way we do, right? And so we <laughs> go into, I know, we think <laughs> they think the way we do, right? <laughs> and Rapping. It, yeah, yeah. The, the boom. The boom. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> So the, the the point is, is that, you know, we go into these organizations, we have a certain set of expectations, and then we find that, oh, this is kind of no different than anywhere else. Here's the key, though. Would there be the same level of disappointment if you went into another organization where you didn't already have that assumption that they're going to be the same way you are? Right. And the answer probably is no. I would have adjusted my expectation accordingly. Right. Well, then, so the question is, again, what did you communicate about your expectations? So the assumed values is a big piece of this. So if I am a professional organization, how do, how do I deal with that up front? Well, I think you talk about what your values are and you determine whether they share the same values as you. I mean, there's good to share same values, but the key in any expectations is, again, conversation and communication. Mm -hmm. You know what I find funny about that, though, is the majority of companies that you walk into, they have all sorts of values that they list, but their dream values, their idealistic values that came out of a brainstorming session yep. and blah, 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 and how much integrity they have and excellence yep. and blah, blah, blah. And then you see the reality of it. Yep. It's just not there. Yeah. Here's a great tip. If you're interviewing for a job because you have almost no way of really knowing this at all, but they can tell you what their values are usually, right? right? We'll you're interviewing for a job. They'll start popping off the a poster. In the yeah, there's a poster. <laughs> they'll, they'll, walk you, they'll walk you down their hall of values, right. you know, then here's what you do with the interviewer. You say, tell me the last time that value of integrity was lived out. How did that come on display? You know, or the last time that was turned their interview Turn, on. The well, yeah, sure. And it's okay to say that, right? It's okay right. to say, show me how that value is lived out. Right. 
And that's a good way to know whether they're if they stare at you blankly. Right. But don't typically throw five different values at you. And they might live <laughs> well, out to one. Well, pick the one that you're most <laughs> pick the one you're most nervous about. Right. right. Yeah. All right. So uh, there's there's another assumption that we make. What is that one? Well, it, it's similar to values, but we assume that the other person has the same skills that we have. In other words, we assume that they would manage or handle the situation the same way we would. Right. Right. And we don't account necessarily for the level of skill that they have. I mean, frankly, I mean, why do managers get frustrated with some of their employees that don't seem to get what's come so natural to them? Right. And you see that they, they go, well, I, okay. I'm just not going to delegate it to them because I can do it. What? Faster myself or better. Or... And, and they choose to do it faster themselves. Well, that's probably true because right. they have a greater skill in that area. But then what do they do? They hold resentment against the employee because the employee didn't have the same skill, but they weren't willing to invest the energy to get them along and they didn't give them the grace to make up the difference because they're holding it against them then. Yeah, it's just diminishing returns. You don't empower your people. Correct. The people don't trust you. They think you're a crappy leader. Right. We assume that other people have the same skills where they should. And great example of this is as you move from one relationship to the next, you might evaluate the value of a relationship that you move into mm -hmm. compared to the last one you were just there without realizing you're comparing the end of one relationship where you've spent a lot of time and in intimacy getting to know each other with the beginning of another relationship where you yeah. don't have that same degree of, yeah. of time and intimacy invested in it. Right. You know, you're, you're comparing apples and carpet. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not going to work. Apples and carpet. <laughs> I didn't expect it to go there. I like that. <laughs> So you want to assess those things and you set expectations with another person. The proper expectations to set with them is in keeping with what you have observed for their skills and accounting for the level of emotional maturity, relational maturity, vocational maturity that they have in the area that you're expecting them to be strong in. Interesting. So one of the things I, I'm thinking about is as you're talking about this is a at church, again, being the example, I don't know why I'm picking on churches today, is I realized something I never re considered a skill until I worked at church was handling conflict. Yeah. Some people just don't know how to do it. Right. And that was one of the things that would annoy me the absolute most about being in a church is nobody would handle conflict with you. Mm -hmm. Right. You could tell them what's biblical and here's the biblical approach, blah, 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 blah. Nobody handles it that way. Everyone has some form of like triangulation or yep. they go to someone above you. Or, right. And it's just, and I realized it's actual skill. Yeah, it is. Most of us tend to approach conflict management, and this might be a good episode to do as well because we really haven't done that, but most of us tend to approach conflict management in a way to reduce our pain right. rather than a way to forge a bridge that's a longer value in the relationship. Right. That's why you'll go to a boss because sure. you want to get it off your plate yeah. Give it on to somebody else. Yeah. You know, you're basically getting rid of the monkey. Yeah. Get, take the monkey off my back. <laughs> you give carry it to somebody the else. For me. Right. Yeah. Even though and, you have nothing to do with it. Right. And <laughs> you think about it, gossip does the same thing. What we're oh, trying totally. to do through gossip is crowdsource our anger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're it's trying so common too. Right. That's the crazy part. Yeah, we're just trying to build a crowd that shares the same that that can adopt the anger that we have toward another person. Yeah. And it's totally diminishing. No, it is you're just trying to grow a jury yep. for your 
defense. <laughs> it's, it's not even a jury because you know they're they're not even deliberating the evidence. Right. They're just <laughs> accepting the judgment. Execution. Exactly. exactly. All right. What's next? Well, the, the last piece I think that contributes to how we expect others or what we might expect of others is really just the internal narrative that we have of ourselves. You know, we set ourselves up, and this is something all of us do. We set ourselves up as the hero of our own narrative, and then we evaluate others in that light. So mm. how important are they to us achieving our hero dumb? Hmm. And if they aren't important to us achieving our hero dumb, then we might just be dismissive of them, not spend time at all with them. But mm. if they're important to us and they let us down, it really does affect how we then deal with the expectations that we have with them and the degree to which we're in conflict sure. or in deep discouragement and, and yeah. to whether we even engage in them. But if we, if we take a, a moment and say, you know, I'm driving my narrative and this is what's important for me. And this is how I see my life unfolding. What would it be like to be inside of our means head and say, what's important to him? How is his life unfolding? What does he want to be the hero in? Yeah. It changes. It changes how I then set an expectation for somebody who, who may have disappointed me. That's really good. Cause that is, that is really true. I mean, even when I, when I think about it, that's exactly what I do. If I have this plan, this goal, and I am creating this ideal scenario, which becomes my expectation, eventually, if you're not a part of that, you are dismissed. That's right. You are just, yep. you're not. Because you're a bit player. I'm going to kill that player off because right. they're, not, they're not important to the story. <laughs> right. But adversely or conversely, my wife, yep. always being a big part of it. Right. Right. It's the only way I can get there is your support. And right. And if she doesn't do it, all of a sudden you've become an adversary. Adversary, yeah. Yep. And it's now you're a problem to me. That's right. But in reality, most of the time she doesn't even know. No, because it's inside <laughs> your head. Yeah. Right. This is the stuff that if she knew inside of you what's going yeah. on, then she could address it. Same but, thing I laughed about earlier. Exactly but, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it. I'm the wife. That, well, we are. We all are. That's the thing. We what says to each of us that we're valued and important is when other people confirm for us the thing that we want them to confirm without us having to tell them to do so. Right. So <laughs> and that's just really the epicenter of expectation. So, I mean, here's the thing. The best place to determine the health of our expectations, and this just cut it down to the chase if we want to get this down practical. If you want to know whether you have healthy expectations or not, where you may not have yet great expectations, is take a look at the relationships that are disappointing in your life. Because hmm. those are where somehow expectations are not being met. That's the testing ground for whether you can assess whether you have healthy expectations or not. Hmm. And you know, so just look at who's disappointed you. Somebody in your family, you know, close or distant, maybe an employee or a boss or a partner or a colleague. Yeah. Could be a friend or a neighbor. Could be a service provider, you know, like... QuickBooks, yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed in right now for other reasons. Yeah. It could be elected officials. You know, it could be anybody Tommy. who it's is Tommy. occupying stress space in your head. In yeah. other words, that you're somehow agitated about because you're disappointed. Yeah, you know, those are the ones to ask some core questions. Mm. And the first question you should ask is, in what way am I disappointed? What did they do or fail to do that created that disappointment in me? And to the degree you can write this down, even better. Yeah. Right. And so whatever disappointment, disappointing relationship you have in your life, identify what is it that they did to disappoint you mm. and then ask, how has that affected the way you deal with that person? And here's a real test of that. Am I treating that person 
differently than I would a stranger. And usually when people have disappointed us in our expectations, we'll often we'll treat strangers with better accord than we will those who've disappointed us. That's so true. And wow. that's, that's a real good key indicator. Yeah, as that's to, really good. As to whether there's something that's not quite a great expectation to be worked on. Hmm. How would you treat a stranger in that same, same situation? Probably be more cordial to them because you have no negative feeling towards them. Right. That's just it. Huh. So if you were going to give them the benefit of the doubt of being a stranger, yeah, what would that look like? Right? Sorry for the delay. I was just, that was actually really profound. I was playing that out in my head and I realized I'd probably be more cordial and I would be dismissive of the other person just so they know, you know, I want, I want you to read my body language and know I'm very angry or disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And it all comes, but it, yeah, it all comes down to that. We think you should have known better. You should have been able to read my brain and right. show that I'm important by your complying to my expectation. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is if we just reset and say, what is it worse than if we would treat a stranger? God, that's a great question. And that really made me think, because that is exactly what I, oh man, all right, sorry, keep going. No, and then, you know, one of the things that we talked about in the previous episodes is the power of empathy. So if you were in their shoes, what would it take to earn your trust back? So in other words, what could they possibly do? If you were having to be in their shoes and you saw you behaving that way to you yeah. or responding the way you did about their missed expectation, what would it take for them? Hmm. Being in their shoes, what would they have to do? You know, so yeah. apply all your skills, all your knowledge, all your capability, and say, try to win yourself back. Can right. you do it? Right. Is it possible? That's crazy. And if it's not, then what you've done is you've set a huge expectation for them to regain your trust, and they'll never be able to do it. Hmm. You're just making a bad situation worse. Well, you're you're setting an impossible hurdle for them to go through. Right. And that's not just, it's not fair to them and it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the situation. You're just creating something worse. Definitely not. Huh, that's but if you have figured out something they could do, I mean, it might be easy. It might be just, you know, tell me before this happens again, that would earn my trust back. Then have you communicated it? And if you haven't, why not? Mm -hmm. What's keeping you from it? And if you somehow just don't want to, then ask yourself, well, if the tables were turned, would you want that person to communicate with you when... Right your expectation were missed. What I like about that question, this process that you're going through, and this is something that we brought up in episode 114 when we we're talking about trust. And when I was talking about David Horsager, the one of the reasons he left out the idea of communication being one of the eight pillars is that he says a lot of times why we bring up communication and why I don't is that the focus really needs to be on clarity. And he said, you can communicate all you want, but unless you're clear exactly what your expectations are, mm -hmm. nobody really knows what you really want. You can talk about your feelings. You can talk about your thoughts. You can talk about whatever you want. Yep. But unless you're absolutely crystal clear of what your expectations are, you will set people up for failure and you'll set yourself up for failure. And then you will inversely or creating a situation where you're always having trust broken, whether you're breaking their trust or they're breaking your trust because the clarity isn't there in terms of what your expectations are. And I think that's what you're pointing out. Yeah, it sure is. And, and if you don't, if you don't have that clear communication, then they are left to assume back to reading your mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and whether they get it right or not, then is a crapshoot that yeah. you have no way of knowing. And that's just an obnoxious place for anyone to be anyway. You know? Well, it is, it is unfair, yeah. but it is what we do to people. Right. It is the kind of thing that 
frankly hurts ourselves more than it hurts them because we're the ones that carry the disappointment of an unmet expectation around when other people don't meet it. We're the ones that carry that and somehow we punish them either in our head or overtly or in a passive aggressive way, we end up doing disservice to the relationship because we haven't set our expectations correctly. Right. Well, I think the great expectations challenge for us today is to ask the core questions about the relationships that you have that have been disappointing and decide which action you're going to take to bring that along. I think we all have disappointing times in our relationships and some relationships that are more disappointing than others. The question is, how are you going to align your expectations around that? That's good. I mean, it's not easy. No, no. I I think this episode and next week's going to be much uh, more challenging even when we look at the expectations we have of ourselves. Yeah, it's easier to think about others. Oh, so. Because you know exactly what they should do. Oh, (laughs) so. It's the internal mining of our own expectations where it gets really fun. So join us next week for that show. So that's all the time we have today. But we look forward to being with you next week. We'd invite you to leave a comment or question about this show at reinventure.me slash 118. Tell us what you think about the expectations of others, ideas that you have, things that have worked for you. We'd love to hear that. Or leave a comment on our show line at 612-314-5447. Well, thanks again for being with us this week. And this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.